0: imagine you're playing like sims or something like that on a computer and then one of the guys like all of a sudden turns around and looks out the screen and is like hey you there yeah (laughs) hey you what the hell are you what's going on and you're like oh shit this thing knows that i'm here now shut it down shut it down (laughs) as far as i know This is all that I need to do to fulfill whatever the thing was trying to tell me to do is just talk honestly about these things on podcasts and whatnot. And so hopefully I've fulfilled that obligation and I don't have to spend more time in a fucking psych ward.
1: Greetings, future fossils. I'm Michael Garfield, welcoming you to another episode of the podcast that explores our place in time. Do your past lives keep you from the here and now? Concerned that your future self might be sending you a retrocausal information wave, attempting to communicate some vital synchronicity? If so, you are in fine company today because this week's guest is comedian Shane Moss, Future Fossils Podcast's first returning guest. Travel with me, if you will, back to the misty recesses of 2016 and this podcast's episode 7, when Shane had only begun what would become a 111-date tour for his comedy routine about psychedelics, a stand-up entitled A Good Trip. I saw this show multiple times, and it was amazing. But one of the things that I like most about Shane was how such a hard-edged psychonaut can also be such a skeptical, canny, dare I say even slightly scientific mind, in spite of his heroic adventures into the realms of DMT and psilocybin. I mean, anybody who has had a deep psychedelic experience knows that there are some very mysterious things in there, and it's unwise to speak with certitude about any of them, Nonetheless, Shane and I went back and forth for years about whether these experiences were ultimately meaningful or meaningless. Now, let's fast forward to last summer. Shane's working on a documentary about the revival of psychedelic therapy science. When I get a message from him saying, you were right all along, two weeks later, he's on Duncan Trussell's podcast telling everyone he just checked himself into a mental institution. So, what happened in between Shane conceding his end of our old synchronicity versus coincidence argument, and Shane checking himself into the psych ward? Well, we're going to talk about that, folks. But first, will you take a moment to subscribe and review Future Fossils on iTunes? One day, we'll all be able to share everything we learn instantaneously, through wirelessly conducted memory transference of some kind, but until that day, we rely on podcasts to inspire and inform one another, and I consider this task a total sacrament and a fulfillment of my sacred obligation to serve the betterment of this planet. And if you agree that this world's a better place with these conversations than without them, then the best strategy you have until such time comes as you can just beam it directly into another person's brain is to help me game the algorithms at Apple Podcasts. So it'll boost this show in the ratings and into the ears of your new best friends and future lovers. Unlike radio, where everyone is joined into the mystical body of a single synchronous listening audience, Podcasts spread us Throughout the ages And you and I are bound now In the body of some Trans-temporal creature And I like to think that Everyone who leaves a review is Providing nourishment to that creature Which is why I am grateful to All of the people who have been Helping me babysit This monster from the inside out New Patreon supporters Sinjun W Aubrey Smith Andrew Botham got a up pledge from Cody Lotus Light. Way to go, man. Thank you so much for leveling up that pledge. Yeah, everybody at patreon.com slash Michael Garfield. This week, I will be releasing the unedited recordings of the entire next month of Future Fossils. I've got so many good conversations in the backlog right now, and it's just murder for me to keep them on lock like this. So all 86 of you who are currently subscribed, enjoy the next four episodes early. Thank you so much for your support. I cannot wait to get these out to the rest of you. If you have any suggestions for this show, send me an email, futurefossilspodcast at gmail.com. I'm super interested into what guests you'd like to recommend for this spring and summer. Lastly, I know you do not need another reason to be on Facebook, but the Future Fossils Facebook discussion group has become one of my favorite things about that platform. I share tons of interesting articles in there. If that's your bag, join the party Alright, folks, here it is. The untold story of Shane Moss's psychonautic heroism, its concomitant tango with the edge of madness, and then, lo, perhaps, the first dawn rays of a new era of psychedelic science. Enjoy. Right on, hey Shane! So glad to have you back on Future Fossils.
0: Yeah, I'm excited
1: to be back. You're actually my first repeat guest. Ooh,
0: you can that. all right. Yeah,
1: we've got. I've got a couple others uh, lined up, but this is. Uh, yeah you you have a special place Aww. in my heart and on
0: my show. Oh, mine as well in my heart and on my show.
1: Aww. So so uh, let's see. We were. Just on your show, we were just Here talking we about our podcast, talking about uh, the future of work and how being online is kind of like being crazy. And I don't yeah. know, like where uh, where do you want to pick that up? Um, well,
0: <laughs> well, if it, you're if you're guiding me toward <laughs> my uh, I, I had a I had an episode this summer where I uh, completely lost my mind, um, and we can talk about that and some of you actually might be someone that might have some insights into some of the um, ideas that I had. I can't. I'm having trouble teasing apart. Which was what was like a good idea, what was just uh like very imaginative, uh, imaginative but off, and then what was like just completely delusional. I have like a sense of a few of them, but um, but for uh for the listeners, (laughs) what had happened was I was kind of finishing this uh this psychedelic comedy tour that i was on and uh it was like 111 cities and i started having um uh i loved it so much that toward the end of it i was thinking about what i was going to do next with my life and nothing um seemed as fun as the tour that i was on and i i think that triggered some of my initial panic i'm not a (laughs) I don't know why i'm like a really laid-back person and i don't know if it's just i'm getting older or what i'm 37 now and i had my first anxiety attack of my life i i haven't even had anxiety for more than like a couple minutes in my life before i'm not familiar with the feeling at all and then i i started getting a. Uh, little bit depressed which i'm very familiar with but it's a pretty mild depression and i found out year years ago that i can just gobble up some mushrooms uh like two three times a week for one or two weeks and that will usually get rid of my depression which will otherwise last for like two months or so and uh and so i did that and that worked um and then i was like making this documentary about psychedelics and i was like I know this seems crazy, but what if instead of just getting rid of depression, what if I could actually like feel good? <laughs> uh, and, and so I like kept up that regimen and then I felt good. And then I was like, this, okay, this is. I know I'm pushing it now, but what if I could feel great? <laughs> and that's like, if you're feeling good in life, if you like wake up and you feel good, this is like something that I've never, that's taking me so many years to, this is why I've had issues with alcohol and everything else. Cause I can't just like have a buzz and be like, feel good. Like I can't ever just leave it at that. Um, and so I didn't leave it that with psychedelics, I ended up taking shitloads of mushrooms Um, And then I quit drinking in July. And then I started getting manic. Um, But it was like hypomanic. It was like super productive, really creative, really on top of things. And that is... And that's hard
1: to say no to. uh,
0: (sighs) It's a wonderful, wonderful (laughs) feeling. It's just like... You know, I interview scientists and stuff and I don't always sometimes I'm really off and sometimes I'm like really insecure about like am I gonna be able to keep up with this person? I don't know anything about this field. When I'm hypomanic, it's like, I got this, no problem. I can keep up with it. And, like I don't I don't need to know anything about this field. I'll be asking great questions and I have, you know, and so it is. It's just like it's a it's a very addictive uh feeling and and I had we decided to uh, do a scene uh, in the documentary where I was smoking DMT, um, and I hadn't smoked DMT in like nine months, uh, even though I had spent years as as like someone who's big into D. You know, in three years I'd smoked it like a hundred times or something like that, which I don't know if that's a lot or a little. Uh, it seems. I mean, like a lot. I.
1: I I know a lot of people think of me as a pretty psychedelic dude, but like when I was listening to you talk about your regimen on, on Duncan's show, (laughs) I was like, my God, this, this guy is a professional. Like this is, this is the real shit. Like you, you've gone, I, I'm pretty sure you've gone into some places that I like stood at the door and was like, uh, uh, no, like looking through that window into the like Lovecraftian landscape of it. You know I was like, hmm So I actually, I actually really respect your, your courage and your dedication to the <laughs> psychonautics of this situation. I do.
0: I, I think that, I think that I'm like, Oh, of reckless adrenaline junkie who doesn't value life that much and uh like you know i think uh i don't i don't i'm not sure how much respect that i have for like my <laughs> own practice i just kind of um uh, i get bored very easily and um and i just love pushing things to the limit you know i I'm just the type of guy that, like, I broke my feet a couple years ago, and, like, I've always, I've always just been the type to, like, I, w- when I was a kid, my friends all called me, like, Madman or Shaniac or whatever, and, like, <laughs> like, Shaniac. you know that, I'm changing what I've got, you saved in my phone, <laughs> Shaniac, you know, that- because I was a crazy, I've always been a crazy person, um, and my, like, uh, It's funny because looking back, when people are like, you know, that one crazy guy in high school? Now I'm like, oh, FYI, that person is crazy. (laughs) Like, I know you're just saying that in jest and like a cute, but they're probably actually crazy because I know that I am, and at least in terms of risk taking. Um, And, but i also am very very inquisitive about these experiences i think i love thinking about them i can't stop thinking about them um since smoking dmt like one of the trickiest things that i've had to wrap my head around is is how does that world exist and how does like this world and evolution still exist, you know the duality of it I guess it's a kind of like cliche amongst yeah. the psychedelic community but but i just i don't see how uh you know the things that I see it's like i don't i don't see how there can be a bottom up approach and a seemingly top down approach, which is the d m t world seems very top down seems very much like creator type of thing. And uh, through the years came up with all these fun uh, little like neuroscience explanations trying to wrap my head around, uh, you know, why the brain would be hallucinating these types of images and this sort of thing. And I was always kind of pushing. I'd be seeing gods and spirits or whatever, but I'd always be like, you're not God. But that's the thing
1: is that you're you're a true skeptic, which I, you know, that's the thing that like shocked me. When you started texting me and telling me that you were like, you felt that you had like phenomenally that you had experienced enough that it had confirmed to you that it was starting to like uh, erode your, your admittedly like amazing skepticism that you like go in there a 100 times and not come back like I did immediately like proselytizing this and being like reality is not what you thought it was folks yeah. you know but that you that that you managed to maintain this sort of scientific detachment for as long as you did is is really something I but, know so I want to so I want to hear like yeah. you know getting into cuz cuz you actually your your episode with Duncan Trussell's Family yeah. Hour is superb in terms of like getting into the whole
0: like yeah, rundown so just of all listen that, stuff. To that but, but you didn't but i can in get there, into the actual yeah, ideas in there, of, i never really got to share what stuff. i actually yeah. saw and I, i'm so really get into that to know, so like, listen to me on Duncan Trussell yeah. talking about like how this actually happened i started i started kind of seeing like visions of the future on DMT and they seem like they're kind of s- becoming true in this DMT realm. Like every time I'd pop in there, it was like it was waiting for me and it knew exactly where I was going to be and it was messing with my head a lot. And uh, and so I it's did... The, it's the cookies. Uh,
1: <laughs> the, the they're, co- they're tracking your browser oh, activity. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> I forgot what cookies were for a second because I'm like, that sounds delicious. <laughs> um, but I had uh i did ayahuasca the day before i was doing ayahuasca i had started seeing weird things happening in life that just like i i just am not the type of person that believes in um oh my god why am i Uh, Why am I all of the sudden... Like, everything's coincidence to me. I I don't... uh, Oh, synchronicity. Oh, my God. Why am I forgetting the word synchronicity? Yeah. I'm not the person that... I I am not into synchronicity in any way. And all of a sudden, I started having, like, these kind of spooky-ish things. Not, not like, scary. Just like, was that just... Is that really happening? Like, this, this isn't a convincing example in any way um but i would think about you know i'd be on a highway and i'd think about like this uh this like cartoon cat um felix the cat from from alice in one or not not felix the cat the alice in wonderland yeah, yeah yeah um and i i'd be on the highway thinking about seeing that while i was on dmt and like the moment i think about that experience i would like turn to the right and it and a car would have a huge sticker of that cat <laughs> on its back passenger side window that's actually Just really a good like, one. looking at me i'm like what the fuck what like i've never seen that before in my like who puts a huge sticker on their back passenger side window and of that cat and the moment that i think about that cat and and it's the
1: Cheshire Cat too, yeah, yeah. which is Cheshire. like you're not. It's not you know Heathcliff, the totally right. normal, not psychedelic, right. not not DMT cat.
0: Right, That's right, the, right. Yeah. It, it is the DMT cat, and so and so. I'm like you know, it's it's things like that that I can't even remember half of them, and it wouldn't even matter if I did because it's like if I were someone listening, I'd be like whatever, you know. And then, but the day of, I started. I had DMT a few weeks, and I had this unexplained experience where this this thing I was filming for the documentary, and this thing was just like I saw it controlling all of these uh, different dimensions, and it popped in. It was like this controller, or creator, or guy, whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Did you did
1: you see its credentials? Did it flash a badge? No. Or did it
0: just say, it, "I am the controller," and you're like, "Sure." No. It was actually like so busy doing other things. It wasn't. It wasn't like. It wasn't like it came to me and was like Shane, you must deliver this message. It was like doing some weird filing or something, and was like, and I popped in there and it just kind of glanced over and was like, hey, explain this to people. Get out of here. <laughs> like, it was like so so dismissive, and uh, but it was and I was like on camera and it was like it knew I was going to be on camera and I was having a tough time wrapping my head around this um and then I the day before I was doing ayahuasca I was thinking about what my intentions uh would be and um and I saw I was outside eating lunch and um and I'm not even like the type of person that's like super serious about setting their intentions and all of that. I don't like expectations. Um, where well, you're setting yourself up for
1: the trickster when you do too. It's like, I'm, I'm going to have this kind of mushroom trip.
0: Oh really? Yeah, I know. Yeah, so. I know. I, um, but I, I was thinking about it. I was on the phone with, the uh, us fish and wildlife service. Some person that was lining up guests for me wow. and, uh, And there was, someone just started setting up, this is in Boulder, Colorado, someone started, these people started setting up this whole thing with all these Jesus signs and whatnot, and then they just start screaming about how everyone's going to hell and all this blah, 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 and it's so loud I can't even finish this phone conversation, and I'm just getting like really irritated and I have to end the phone call and I'm watching these guys just like losing it and like getting on people's faces and yelling at, like everyone's just out having this nice day trying to enjoy their lunch. And I'm like getting so worked up that finally I tried to go up to the guy calmly at first and I was like, hey man do you really think this is how Jesus like, this isn't how Jesus was spreading his message. Why, why wouldn't you act more like Jesus? And then, and he started, and he's like, well, if you saw the whole house on fire, if you saw a house on fire, wouldn't you yell too? And then I, start, I just started flipping out. I'm like, if I, if you saw a crazy person in the street, would you put them in? <laughs> and, and, and I, and I, and then now I'm like getting embarrassed because I'm yelling at this guy for yelling at people and like and now I'm like is he trying to get me worked up? Maybe this is what and there's this weird look in his eye too that was I had started noticing a couple times like I saw this crackhead once with it and I saw I had these DMT experiences a couple times that showed me that like that there's like this this almost like an electromagnetic net there's like this flat um fabric this pattern that's i see this all the time on dmt
1: it's the grid you see in the alex gray paintings like the uh, transfiguration t- yeah, st- yeah that, i mean that that the the painting he's got of the meditator and it's that grid going into the distance kind yeah, yeah, of you
0: know, yeah, yeah 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 it's very uh, yeah that's it and it seems like i'll in the beginning of a dmt state i'll go from like some like weird cartoon story that's of this world showing me that this is kind of just a story that I'm telling myself. And then it zips me into this pattern. And then once I'm in there, then that's the full like DMT experience. And I'd always kind of been fascinated. It seemed like, uh, the edge of, uh, like the intersection of everything and nothing or something like that somehow. And, um, and I, I had these ideas um, early on that, that our brains are doing these, um, these really, really complicated calculations that we aren't privy to and that we actually, our brains have figured out so much more about life than our consciousness has figured out how to yet tap into and articulate. And that it sometimes accidentally bubbles up through our behaviors and through the the ways that we talk about things so like an example is and don't take this as a like a literal example this is like just a metaphor for what i'm talking about um i remember seeing this pattern after a particularly strong dmt trip so i was kind of obsessed with this flat pattern thing and this this einstein quote i'm not even sure it's a real einstein quote to be honest it doesn't matter for the story but it was about they asked him um uh, something about his clothes like why he why he wears the clothes that he does he's plaid clothes and and he was like well when you can understand that the universe is expanding into nothing that is somehow something then wearing stripes and plaid is easy (laughs) I was like, wait a second, like stripes and plaid. That's like what everything seems to be like wearing, kind of. That's like (laughs) on the outskirts of what everything, all of this existence, is wearing. Is what it seemed like to me in these many, many DMT experiences that I've had, and so, so it kind of got me thinking, like you know. Like maybe Einstein was accidentally trying to like tell us something, tapping into something mm. that we don 't even realize that he didn 't even realize, perhaps, or maybe he was realizing it and being like wink wink i don 't think that 's the case. Yeah, I yeah. think that he wasn 't aware of what are you saying he 's just he was a very visual thinker, and I think that you can tap into um, these these worlds on the natch that are uh, like when um, Elon Musk goes on and on about simulation theory. I sometimes think, like, well, it's not—it's certainly not crazy to believe that we're living in a simulation in any way. But I also do wonder if, if you're just like naturally a deep thinker and your brain's constantly running simulations. If you get down to a certain level where just everything does seem like simulations because you're are looking at simulations yeah. on this level. And then you kind of perceive this exterior reality in that way.
1: Well, you, we tend to, we tend to transpose the most sof- like sophisticated technology onto our metaphor for the whole world, you know? So it's like 1700s and we think of the the whole universe as an exquisitely crafted watch you know like a mechanical watch and now we talk about you know the human body being a computer that we're programming with drugs and it's like it's, it's just you know as long right. as we know that it's just a metaphor right but yeah, right but
0: uh, yeah so anyway skip uh, skip to this ayahuasca experience i'd done ayahuasca a couple times before i thought it was like really really mild compared to smoking dmt frustratingly so it was nice but it wasn't it just wasn't i wasn't breaking through and so oh oh yeah so so i flipped out on the on the jesus dude and then i was like i'm just gonna get out of it because because now they're like they're still yelling at people. Now I'm yelling at you. I'm like, shut the fuck up and let people eat their lunch. It's a normal <laughs> and, day in Boulder. And, <laughs> and as I was like walking away, there was in their group, there was this like little adorable, uh, like Mexican man holding a cross with a message on it who is just like sitting there quietly. And calmly the whole time, oh, and the crazy guy had this fucking weird look in his eye. Ah, I keep on getting uh, all, I'm going all over the place. So one of the last times that I'd done DMT, I saw like my, I smoked, um, I smoked like rather than having like three hits of DMT, I would really kind of perfected my method with these vaporizers and I was using two instead of one. And so I basically took like, uh, I, I started breaking through on like my second hit. And I ended up having, like, five hits. And, like, really, you can stay here. Uh, if you, like, really concentrate, the whole world will start collapsing. But if you Have really you concentrate. you doing a
1: webinar on this? Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> <laughs> on how to smoke dmt and then i and then like i broke through because there was no stopping it and then i kept on smoking dmt well in the dmt space and then my consciousness shot around through existence and it couldn't find its way back to my body and it was horrifying and at the end uh it just like caught me and there was like this weird like it was like this cool like black like rapper dude in there It was just like i got you man shit <laughs> you think i don't got you i got you and then it showed me that that like this this net will like grab when someone's at their lowest moment when they've completely lost their their mind there's this thing that that can sometimes catch you and that's why people that that you know have getting off drugs or what I have this experience where I saw God and then I realized I had to quit. And I'm like, Oh, I think that's Mm. what, I think that's what they're seeing is this weird, electromagnetic force thing that's just all metaphor for what the fuck i don't know what the hell i'm talking about but something very you're powerful. saying we're,
1: you're saying we're bumper bowling here <laughs> this the simulated universe is like yeah. uh, the training universe you can't fall all the way through
0: it. <laughs> yeah i think i've come close to ripping through a few times <laughs> and, and and so i don't know i don't know what it is maybe maybe when it's just when people are at their worst um uh, or or when they 're feeling they're most hopeless, I have no fucking clue that that was just that was the last experience I had why I quit doing dmt for a while um and but since that time, like I saw this like spark in a the best way to put it you know that um have you have you ever like seen a oh, ask your girlfriends in the other room i don 't I don't mean to like make things uncomfortable, but once in a while, like once a year. After a show, I'll see, and this isn't anyone that I'm interested in or anything else, a girl will come up to me and there'll be just like this weird thing in like a girl's eye. It's got nothing to do with, the rest of her might not even be like particularly my type or anything, but just this weird spark in her eye that I'm like, what the fuck is that? It's like, uh, dare I say a soul, you know, like the thing that I don't believe in at all, but there's just something in there that's strange. And I saw it in this like crackhead one time that was like uh, that was a few months before this that like I saw this person that was like completely out of control of themselves, but I, they were behaving like a child like and I could see it almost looked like they were possessed by an alien or something. I saw the spark in their eye, and I saw the spark in this like crazy dude's eye too. That was yelling when he was he was like, "You won't believe the gifts, man, the gifts." And I'm like, "What the?" fuck i was like is that i'm starting to think like is that dude possessed is he Uh actually possessed by something good or bad or what the fuck is going on like just this thing that i can't explain so anyhow i go by this uh, this is getting all over the place i go by this (laughs) uh by this mexican dude and i was like that's that's what i was trying to tell the guy like Sit there with your sign. If someone wants to come up to you, then you can tell them about your thing. But yeah. don't yell at people and ruin their day. And then I was kind of looking at myself, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I do this too. I fucking yell at people online about my dumb opinions." And 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 so, and I was thinking, like, "Yeah, I could. Yeah, maybe I could stand to be more Jesus-like, you know, and and like practice what I preach a little more." And and so I set this intention of, uh, of trying to find, I said, find new ways to be calm and confident. Um, cause I also have some self-esteem issues and that turned out to be a mistake, uh, <laughs> eventually in hindsight, because it certainly gave me all of the challenges that I could fucking endure. But, um, so the ayahuasca trip starts and I'm like saying this as a mantra to myself I'm like I Shane Moss will find new ways to be calm and, and confident I just read some stupid thing about like if you put your own name in a mantra like oh, your yeah. non-conscious will like be like hey he's talking about me right? <laughs> like the dog's yeah. ears perk up <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly <laughs> and so it seemed fucking foolish but all this stuff seems rather foolish to me but I'm like you know what this time I'm just I don't care how silly it feels! I'm just gonna go along with it. I had a full cup um, of ayahuasca, and then an hour went by, and you know it's really kicking in. And then I had a second cup, um, and I, I do It didn't seem like anyone else did. I think it was like a fair amount, and uh, who knows how strong the brew is. Mm-hmm. Every shaman's always like, "Oh, this is a really strong brew." Just yeah, like every you feel good,
1: or. you could feel uh, great,
0: <laughs> but um i i started seeing i started seeing these kind of different timelines and seeing that first off it had showed me that um i had interviewed this guy on on uh for my documentary that was doing this extended state uh, trying to put together this extended state DMT trial thing. I don't know if it's a thing that will ever come to fruition or what but I'm like that sounds fucking interesting. Like,
1: yeah, it was like low it, dose intravenous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: so you can stay at this steady state and you know for hours potentially and in it's sex just, it's
1: called edging. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, the idea is is that you would still get the full amount, just you wouldn't have to when you smoke it you have to go like more than what it takes and then you settle mm-hmm. into, but you'd be able to just work up to what it takes and then stay there at that steady state for a while. Cruising altitude uh, yeah. instead of like the
1: vomit comet parabolic. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like that would uh, I could actually pull more stuff out of, of it that way, more jokes, and they're in there <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so I got this thing from ayahuasca that's kind of showing me that um, our uh, the way in which we communicate with one another has been severed by our modern culture, and how we kind of got to go back to sitting um, like around campfires and talking with people around campfires. It was about how like our our ancestors did uh, sat around envisioning the future planning for the future but you can only kind of plan so far so they didn't understand exactly what they were making at the time and what would eventually happen so we kind of n- sometimes need to go back and reset back to these these points to steer ourselves back in the uh, get back to basics or whatever or fundamentals and and steer ourselves in the right direction and then i got this message about it was showing me like how to communicate this DMT extended state thing. It was basically telling me that I was to be some sort of weird spokesman for this DMT extended state thing. And none of this. I, I just I just you know you're not supposed to resist during these states. So right. I'm just like yeah yeah right. yeah whatever you know. I'm just trying to accept this and all the all the while I'm as I'm nauseous and everything else. I'm going like oh, Shane Moss, we'll stay calm. we right. are gonna find new yeah. ways to stay calm and confident and and then I was thinking about how we have these ideas of ourselves uh, in our heads, but then we have these ideas of other people um, as well and and I was thinking about because I'd seen the Jesus, I, I was like that that guy has this, we all have this idea of Jesus in our heads, whether we believe in Jesus or not, Jesus is a thing, an idea that lives in, just like you live in my head and I can have a dream with you in it tonight without you being there. And and so, and I I was thinking like about that and where that lives in my mind and how I was gaining access to these different parts of my mind. And then I was thinking about you know what? What would Jesus do? This common thing people are always saying, like, what would Jesus do? And then I was like, well, we have this sense of empathy where we can put ourselves in other people's shoes because we develop this uh, this representation of someone that then kind of lives in our head that we can then kind of pretend to be and take on their place in our heads. And so I was like, well, why? Why try to like envision Jesus doing something? Like why try to like have a dream where you're like seeing Jesus and talking to Jesus when it's just in your head like just be Jesus, and when I said that, this fucking like lightning bolt like struck my fucking head. I swear it was like it was this huge fucking download of information, the house started shaking. And, uh, and I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? And at the time I was like, I didn't think that the house actually was shaking. And I was like, well, I must've just like tapped into some like really profound idea in my head, this connection that my brain hasn't thought of before. And then I just started seeing all of these patterns in time about how history doesn't repeat itself, but it kind of overlaps itself. So it was like a, a easy way of visualizing it um, is just picturing these moments in these hyper salient moments in time. So you, you're taught history, and they they don't teach you all of history because that's boring. When you journal about your day, you don't journal all day. That would take a full day to do, yeah, uh, or longer. You do some highlights here and there, and kind of history is like that in our minds, and and so there's like this kind of. Fibonacci spiral of of uh, overlapping ideas of history, and they kind of run and there's like comparisons to be made. Like we make, we'd be like, that person's a Nazi or whatever. That person's like Hitler, you know. And, and like history rhymes. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. And so I kind of had this idea that inside of our heads, that our ideas take shape and and form and that an idea can when when there's like enough computation recruited within the mind uh cuz an idea has to be stored somewhere and once an idea is kind of complicated enough it has enough computational power something like that where it takes on a life of its own so to think of an idea like the idea of what an idea is by the time you've formed an idea of we even say like formed and give it these physical attributes or, or you give birth to an idea or you replicate, you know, uh, you twist an idea and, and spin it. And, and so it eventually, like by the time you've come up with the idea of what an idea is, you can't look back on that idea because now your mind has the idea of what the idea is which it didn't have before constructing it and so then you're just kind of trying to recreate what your idea of an idea is which is now changing it so it becomes this right moving but until you thing. have the
1: concept until you have the concept it's in the idea itself you're like inside it like you're embedded in yeah it. so you can't it's the whole like uh you know the the McLuhan talks about the invisible environment which is like we become aware of this layer of our experience, but that's only after we've sort of like distanced ourselves from it and are able to take it as an object. And then once that happens, like he talks about when we, we moved out of nature, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. like we, we, we realized that we were distinct from other animals. And so nature becomes the subject of like cave paintings and, and shamanic ritual and all this stuff because we now know that this is this thing that we were just animals. And now that part of us is like the, the content of our media and we're seeing the same kind of thing happen like in a new layer now where like our own humanity is becoming the thing that we're sort of like dissociating from. Yeah. Anyway.
0: So, yeah, you no, know, yeah, that's a like exactly. That's a really good way of putting it. Um, And, and so, so it was very much about these layers, about how there's this multiverse within, our heads. And then we live within this, uh, multiverse. And it seemed like this flat, fat, um, fabric and pattern was this, um, kind of computation. It's, it's this, uh, I, I had many times on DMT. I got this, um, this sense of what it was trying to show me was that this flat fabric and pattern didn't really know why it existed. It just like kind of sprang into existence and, um, and it eventually just like thinks uh it eventually just bumps into a new set of laws and like a new set of physical laws and then when it does that a new universe springs up and then um and then everything that happens within that universe gets pulled back into this fabric this pattern of everything that is possible as it's happening um like i had a dmt trip one time where um I was like walking down the street with my girlfriend and it was showing me that as we live our life, as we have these experiences, it filter, it takes that information and we had gone to a glass blowing museum recently. So it used this as a metaphor and it blew that information of that experience into the tube, which then expanded that, uh, that ball of glass at the end. So this kind of, Every every experience that happens, every movement of any rock, every thought that we have, any of that is just a new possibility that happens that expands this um, this weird fabric of what is ha- uh, what is possible, and so that's expanding out of its control. So this thing that is expanding. That that's like this realm of possibilities has consciousness, but it knows that it has to be everything that there is, and it can't stop it. And then it felt like it would like feel bad about it sometimes. (laughs) That it was like sorry, because I know there's like shitty things and suffering and whatnot. But you know, it's just it is what it is. This is everything. And but this time on ayahuasca, I got the sense that this thing was it was like patterning like this this fabric or or god or whatever was going through a parallel uh, layer of development that everything goes through so you have a life cycle which is similar to a species having uh, a species can have a similar life cycle like maybe humanity is in its infancy right now maybe it's a shitty teenager right now and god in that like one of the things while I was having was uh, I was thinking about how like if you put a four-year-old or, or like a really like shitty bratty four-year-old in a suit and told them that they're in charge of the world, they would behave <laughs> just like Donald Trump. Like they would sound exactly like
1: They would drink <laughs> water with two hands and all that. <laughs> and,
0: and, and so this, it was this like layered experience that we're learning and becoming more conscious of things as this thing that happened to create the universe also is and it's becoming so it's there this is one of like an infinite number of other universes so it's not really paying and keeping up with a whole lot of what's going on in any of them but once in a while like the uh, uh, you know like imagine imagine you're playing like Sims or something like that on a computer, and then one of the guys like all of a sudden turns around and looks out the screen and is like, "Hey, you there? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you. What the hell are you? What's going on?" And then you're like, "Oh shit! This thing knows that I'm here now. Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down." <laughs> and it was like a little bit like that, but it was also it was also that because it had to experience everything, it was. Like, I got this message that, like, say this were a simulation, and a simulation, you you start by playing the heroes first because they're the fun ones to play. And then after a while, you play, like, the other characters, like the peasants or the person that, that you harmed in, a, in, in the last game, uh, the guy that you hit over the head with the bottle, then you have to be uh, the guy that gets... Their head hit in by the bottle in the next, and then and then you get empathy from that because before that you didn't really recognize uh, how much pain that that was until you experienced it, and so this thing that created this universe that was getting information from this universe was having was learning and experiencing uh, this empathy uh, for these things that it like d- didn't really like. It's, it's just like it just created like the pattern like the the laws of physics that <laughs> just like put it out there see what happens and then things get more and more complicated and start organizing themselves and then it was like oh shit what did i make and then it was it was like it was trying to help just nudge things a little bit here and there because there is a tremendous amount of uh so so what you want to pay the most attention to is Once these things kind of develop their own ways of creating things and processing power. So, we have this, humans have a a pretty significant amount of processing power compared to anything else uh, in our known galaxy at the moment. And so, uh, and I'm sure there's other aliens with more processing power than. Than we have, but that happens to be more useful because we can create more uh, diversity faster and create uh, an add to this like realm of, of possibilities faster or whatever it might be. It's, it's like, uh, none
1: of this sounds crazy yet.
0: What's that? None of this sounds particularly crazy. This is during the ayahuasca trip. Uh, and I don't think anything was crazy about my ayahuasca trip. Um, it wasn't until afterwards that I kind of went crazy. Cause this sounds, this all sounds
1: fairly like uh, I want to say like almost like Vedanta ask. This sounds like Eastern mystic view of. The you know the universe as a play of entering all possible outcomes like all perspectives yeah
0: you know and that yeah. and I, and I mean it's possible that I'm like influenced by those things that I've never read and am yeah. very skeptical of uh, right yeah but, but I also think that it's kind of well they were stone I mean,
1: cold tripping too let's be you know they're 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 well, looking through the same microscope that's it's like why a similar methodology
0: that's what's exciting to me about this stuff is because I actually don't study I intentionally don't don't study psychedelics i don't read about psychedelic research i like to experience it on my own and come up with my own ideas and that's why it's really strange when i then i put them out there and then people are like oh yeah this other person that was tripping like that's i'm like oh well i wasn't influenced by that idea but i, idea, but I yeah. also had, yeah but i had that same experience and that's i mean a lot of this stuff gets pretty far away from the scientific method. You know, there's only so much that you're able to test where, where that is like the closest thing you can do is be the sterile test tube.
1: Well, I mean, as far as like, you know, there's, I, when I went to school under Sean Hargens at John F. Kennedy university and, sh, you know, Sean had developed this, uh, what he called integral multi-methodological pluralism where he's like, basically like we, we go from, and we talked about this a little bit on your show. The first time mm-hmm. I was on your show, we, you go from sort of like rules that like kind of concrete thinking to ideologies. You have like a whole value system and then you realize the value system is sort of an, impl- like it has an implicit methodological approach attached to it. And that all of these different ideologies are the what that's associated with this implicit, how and then you get like the the sort of mature postmodern structure of consciousness is where you you realize that there are just as there are multiple r- rules and like multiple rule systems that there's like multiple different methods that y- by which you can approach reality, and so you start. And, and, and in light of that, right. you know, the scientific method is not just about quantifiable data. Right. It's about it's about uh, the reproducibility of experiment and mm-hmm. and like the. Like the establishment of a, a three-person or more scientific consensus. So, I mean, I think you know this this stuff, and you know where you, where you know I'm really excited to take this ultimately with you and whomever else is in the you know, the exploration of how we're going to adapt experimental design to handle forms of data that are bizarre and slippery, like this stuff. And it's like, it's hard to put it into a spreadsheet, but we can still start to come at it. Because like when I heard heard you earlier, and I I don't want to skip the real like meat of this, but just to put put a pin in this to consider for later, you know, for me, it seems like the question is like, you you're sitting here now and you're looking back on some of this stuff and you're like, "Boy, that seems crazy from here." But when you're in the DMT world, does this world seem crazy or does it seem sense like com- comprehensible? Right. And and if that's the case, then maybe that state of consciousness is like sufficiently complex to understand both. It's like kids don't understand their parents. But parents can understand themselves and the kid. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, so, I don't know. You know but,
0: yeah, that's a great way of putting it. You
1: know, so like, again, like Richard Doyle in uh, Darwin's Pharmacy, he talks about that we come back and we have a hard time explaining these experiences because we're used to explaining things in terms of like binary. Whereas, you know, you get in, the reason that this stuff seems so well suited to Eastern philosophy is because the Eastern philosophy has logic that is more than binary. Mm-hmm. Like it can be either this or that or both or neither Mm -hmm. you know or it it can be you know all four of them at the same time somehow
0: oh i'm glad that you brought that up because that was part of something that i saw as well and that i'm also not familiar with um but but yeah i eventually like not during uh, the ayahuasca but trying to wrap my head around some of the stuff afterwards um i had uh something uh, some similar thoughts um so I I kind of saw that this this thing was kind of uh it was I got a lot of messages about addiction because I had just quit drinking um and like I got a I got a thing about how like Jesus got addicted to his own ego like he he it started off you know with this great message and everything, but then he kind of got a little little showy and it started making it rain fish and like yeah. t- yes. t- t- turning water into wine and stuff and and i I got this message that that it's like we 're all kind of drunk on our own ego, and that people people going into church are kind of missing the point like it should have it was it was actually a story about like uh egos getting too drunk and 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 people are missing they're going up and like drinking wine yeah he turned the water like, into the wine they, Whoops. Like it, yeah. yeah it's supposed to be the other way around <laughs> like you're supposed to be turning wine into water and uh, but but i also got a thing about moderation and how sobriety is not really a thing that works even though i need to do it for now but <laughs> um i i got something that it was about how uh it showed me like just throughout history all of these all of these different like gifted communicators that might be tapping into something and be expressing, um, this part of this reality that is important end up kind of getting swept up in their own ego. And like, I, I've, I've been susceptible to this as a comedian and, and uh, it's kind of inescapable and, uh, God and like, or the creator, or whatever, and in the in this thing's kind of infancy, in the same sort of way, it was like I can make anything. Look what I can make, and then made all these universes, and then all of a sudden was like, oh shit, I made all this stuff, <laughs> and now, and then it was starting to feel empathetic for all of these things that it had created, and now like isn't uh, didn't really know the consequences of some of its actions, and and that, Did, in but fact, then in fact,
1: in fact, may not have had empathy at all until it acquired empathy through the evolution of empathy. Yes. Right. Yes. It
0: it was, that was like basically exactly the whole thing that it was just starting to learn empathy. And we as humans are just starting to learn empathy as well. And, um, and this is kind of the natural progression of, uh, of, of these creating these bigger and bigger networks. Um, and I, Toward the end, um, there was, oh, hold on. Oh, yeah, so so I got this thing about how, like, it was, like, I get swept up in my own ideas sometimes and get addicted to my own ideas and creating, like I'm always creating new worlds in my mind and imagining new worlds. And I want like, uh, uh, I want to have like a fractal tour bus, to like <laughs> a tour bus painted in fractals. I like need all oh, these I, different, I thought you
1: made out of smaller.
0: No, <laughs> like a tour bus that's, that's painted coming, in, fra- in you know. fractals that are, uh-huh. that, that, so there's just like a, thing of fractals blowing down the interstate or just like your mind gets away from you and you just want more and more. And, and God had gone through kind of this similar process and was now trying to, um, like walk back some of it, but was kind of going through a withdrawal. And then, uh, I saw, uh, like, um, God's withdrawal from creating these things for, uh, it, it was like, it was like I was playing a video game it was like this is somehow part of this um, this like chaos calculator or something like that or this quantum calculator it's like but you you make these arbitrary physical laws and then like hit equals and then and then this huge universe just pops out and that's doing the computation of figuring out this formula and this creator things just like looking at the end result and didn't re and didn't really un- understand the suffering that was involved in putting together that computation and uh it, m- much like uh we're becoming more and more aware of some of the things that we do to animals when we're right. studying animals um and and so it was trying to walk back some of this but then i was suffering from withdrawal and then i saw um at one point i was like I felt like all of every person that was suffering from addiction withdrawal, like in the world at that moment, like I felt like all of them at the same time, and God all at the same time also experiencing this like horrific suffering and then that that's when the purge happened and i started uh. throwing up at that time and then i was just like laying on the ground in the worst pain of my life and there's like something really beautiful about it it was just this that's uncontrollable the suffering
1: fuck i've with ayahuasca i think is that it seems it's like i'm going to recruit you to help me like purify the suffering of everyone that has ever lived, (laughs) all things, all of this shit that you're carrying. It's like, I don't know if this is true, but the the rhetoric surrounding this stuff is like, you know, that this is all your the generational healing of all the trauma that all of your ancestors have experienced and isn't it a one like aren't you just so grateful that you're the one <laughs> that gets to bear the burden of like releasing all of this through your mouth you know yeah, that, that's yeah. somehow and then there are people that are like junkies for for the it's like you must be a glutton for punishment you know yeah, you see yeah. these people that are like all right here we go double down you know back into the ayahuasca purge world of and there is something kind of Christic about that, which is yeah, weird. You get into yeah, this yeah. thing of like, I, it's me. I'm the one on the cross canceling everyone's debts. Yeah. Getting, you know, it's no like, fucking
0: know. thank you. It's a little uh, weird. Yeah. It's yeah, a little yeah, weird because yeah, yeah. on the one
1: hand, you know, you know, when, when you've got that default mode network disactivation, you know, that you're, you're not that, that the suffering that, that there's like Ken Wilber says about, about waking up, it, it hurts more and it bothers you less you become more and more sensitive to the suffering of all beings, but less and less identified with the contents of your own mind, less and less identified with your own suffering. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's and it's, those two things are intimate because the more preoccupied you are with your own suffering, the less aware you are of other people's suffering. Yeah. The more you are able to hold all of this together in your awareness at once, the less room you have for like being all butthurt and feeling sorry for yourself. Right. You know, you're like, oh no, the self is just this this thing that happens automatically. This, is, this pain is just something that happens automatically and it's not like, I'm not attached, I'm not identified with it. Whereas like hell is thinking that you're something and not something else yeah yeah yeah. but uh, anyway none of the stuff that you're saying sounds crazy to me yet so i'm right i'm i'm getting afraid
0: i'm getting concerned for my own like no no i i well first off this does this stuff does sound crazy to someone who hasn't like had these experiences or or thought about this stuff before you talk about the psychedelic
1: like the the shamanic emergency or the spiritual emergency yeah, yeah
0: but but i mean if i try to tell my midwestern parents About this stuff, they're gonna be like, Oh, he went crazy on the drugs. You know, you just need to tell a
1: a cosmologist about this stuff (laughs) because this sounds a whole lot like the uh, was it Sean Carroll talking about universes? You know, the expansion of the universe is due to the you know, like uh, emergence of information and self organizing complex system, and that baby black holes might be
0: birthing baby universes and all this. And it, yeah,
1: it's it seems you know, we're getting somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so... Um, well, so I don't think that I went crazy for about a week. Uh-huh. Um, uh, like, right around the time I started the, uh, I started texting you, uh-huh. <laughs> was like right around the time I was slipping. Um, but I had... Uh, so what happened was, you know, I get done and I have... Basically, my takeaway was like, if I have... If I was like, if I got some sort of direction in it, it was this very clear message that I was supposed to kind of just share my experience with people so that other people could like have a look like no one has to believe anything that I'm saying. You mm-hmm. just have to go and drink ayahuasca, and you'll <laughs> see the same sort of shit. Like I'm, I'm a skeptical fuck, and that's why I went to be like, "No, nah, can't be." Well, it's a scientific drink. invitation.
1: Yeah, it is. It's saying, you know,
0: look at, stand here, look at this. You know, yeah, and and so it was. It was it, the main takeaway was that. It, it was i was going to be like telling people about this dmt extended state thing which i barely knew anything about and i just like met this guy and i don't know anything about it really but so uh i got done with the with the uh ceremony was fantastic uh, and then i was like did anyone else hear like this house almost collapsed they're like oh yeah there's this huge like the house was shaking like right where you were so people on my side of the room heard it the people on the other side didn't hear it at all and then we went down below and like right right where i was laying like underneath in the foundation there's this huge Crack in the foundation that happened like at the exact same moment that it was just like, Here, you be a messenger. And then, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, What the fuck? And so, I, where are I, the I stone tablets? I know, it's, I know. And I didn't. I, and so that, that like, I was like, Well, that's kind of trippy. That shit like that just always, you know, you take mushrooms and then shit happens that's seemingly like too damn weird to ever <laughs> happen normally that's you know and and so it, i was still kind of writing it off as a coincidence um so then a couple other things happen. Uh, i woke up the next day uh the first text i got was from this guy that was running this dmt extended state thing and was like hey we're making this big announcement and filming it for gaia tv about our our study uh, uh tomorrow do you we're wondering if you will be the first like volunteer participant I'm like, what, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the shit is going on like that's that was the message that i got from ayahuasca was to talk about this dmt extended state thing and then i and then I got home, and I had sent this guy, I, I can't say his name, but the scientist that I like, who uh, he sometimes also annoys me, and he, he's kind of controversial on purpose, um, but he uh, um, I had wrote him to be on uh, on my podcast a few months ago. And we had met before and whatnot. And he never wrote back, and I was like, ah, I, I wasn't sure that we... Got along that well and whatnot because
1: he was a wrestler in college and not, <laughs>
0: <anyway>. <laughs> uh, but I thought of his work and he's like really critical of the education system. He's in academia and really, really critical of academia, and um, and I, I was a lot of his thoughts on academia were coming into the ayahuasca trip when i was uh, when i was like oh we need to go back to the campfire and teachers should be learning just as much as from the students as they are giving knowledge to the students and i got home and the first uh i checked my twitter messages and i got a message from him i sent him a message months ago and he's like oh hey i was overseas blah 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 uh by the way, here's this article that I wrote on the education system and uh, like what the fuck is happening and then and then I went to this talk about this DMT extended state study and this guy's talking about like he thinks that it's uh, p- possibly pe- people from the future sending information back in time and I kind of started playing around with that mm-hmm. idea of how that's happening and and I started seeing um like how we take these ideas of history. So so it was much much in the same way that our brain can skip around through time and it's just a matter of putting ourselves in these different places of observing. Um like we we can choose to think about the past or the future at any time that we want. I'm like, I oh, bet the well the universe should be able to I wonder if the universe can just do the exact same thing in some way. It's like tailoring a suit. It's
1: like "Mm, gotta cut a little over here. (laughs) Yeah, you know, fourteen hundred AD. I've got to tweak that there. Twenty five hundred AD over there. Yeah. Well, because you know that, like, I had Carrie Welch on the show. Carrie Welch is a philosopher of time, and I she was talking about how she thinks that what we call determinism is the influence of the past operating on this moment and that what we call free will is the infl- is actually d- also deterministic but it's the influence of the future mm-hmm. operating on this moment and so we can see the causal influence in looking in one direction we can't see it in the other direction right. and that she you know, she thought also that like if you take that every moment is actually happening at once quote unquote that like our whole experience of linear time is of a series of moments that coexist in like hyperspace. Mm-hmm. They're all simultaneous in the nth dimension. Then that is that it, it may be that our sensitivity to the future is actually sort of like related to our ability to like synchronize with slower like longer wavelength brainwaves, like a longer wavelength phenomena. So we're actually picking up this long, slow wave of information from the future. That's like happening now, technically like that. The now moment of that very low frequency vibration is just a longer moment than the high frequency vibration. And that like the more that we can slow down into like, um, like theta or Delta brainwave states, those are the slower brainwaves and that we may be that we're basically we, it's like going, passing through the cloud layer and that you're into this like longer, wider now that includes the shit that's happening two days from now or whatever, you know, that that's so I, I, right. I, I wonder about that. Cause like when you get into those, those spaces uh, through meditation or psychedelics or whatever, it would seem that, well, first of all, we know that you're activating those longer, slower brainwaves. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then second of all, we know that there's like the Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research Lab did all this stuff on massively redundant, like over 27 years meta statistical analysis of all of these studies that they did, and they found that they were able to demonstrate that the outcome of intention on, or rather the the influence of intention on the outcome of random events was the same whether those events happen in the past or the future hmm. and that they were they were seeing and then they were seeing sensitivity when you look at it from just like a, a statistical you know an orbital view of what's going on they were pulling out that people are on some unconscious level aware of things that have yet to happen and that it's like the research is so robust that they would have had to have basically like file drawered millions and millions of negative results in order to foreground this, that it's not just a consequence of throwing out data, that there's something right. that we're, we're sensitive to things that haven't happened yet in our experience of them. So it it would seem, and then, you know, like Einsteinian relativity is that like everyone's right. present is not necessarily in the same Right. place the tape yeah. marker is not in one spot it's all over the place
0: so. yeah yeah I had some so I had some pretty strong messages about that afterward I was kind of because I, I kind of got this huge download that just took me a really long time to process and I wasn't sleeping I was sleeping like an hour maybe two a day uh, I was staying with like a uh, this a pretty bright academic friend of, of uh, mine who was humoring it like this this world isn't uh, but he was like well this is the most uh, this is one of the most interesting story because he's not familiar with psychedelics and he's never heard anything like this and he's like a little bit skeptical and everything but he's like you know i, I was kind of coming up with ideas about simulation theory and all this and he was humoring me but then he'd be like i'm exhausted i'm going to bed and then he'd wake up at five thirty in the morning and i'd be like i'm glad you're up look i have these <laughs> and and, and I was kind of trying to capture um, how we how ideas take shape and form, and I was kind of using the yin and yang as a nice visual metaphor of a snapshot of an idea, and and I was kind of looking at the curve of it, and how and I'm like, but nothing's nothing's black and white, and if there's a yin and a yang, there must also be a yang and a yin, and so. Uh, there must be an opposite to that as well. And then I was thinking about how we spin ideas all of the time. And so maybe that's just a snapshot of an idea that's actually, it's, uh, that is not static, but it's dynamic and it's moving and it's spinning. And so what looks like black and white and might be in a steady state is actually this fluid uh, moving and, every, and that's why everything uh, appears gray. And then it also like that, that curve when you flip it around looks like the uh, DNA sequence or infinity mm-hmm. symbol. And um and but so the yin yang kinda...
1: is a shadow of a double toroid, right? Yeah like that that, yeah. that whole thing that what, it's the counter rotating hemisphere kind of flow that it's just, everything is expanding and contracting at the same time. Yeah, depending on where you're standing on the object.
0: Right, yeah. and so then I was picturing myself on different parts of the object, and then I was kind of looking at the middle as the present, and and then over here is the future and the past, or one side of the future, the other side of the past, and and then I was thinking about how if you shaved or, or if you showed someone pictures of something moving. Like, if I wave my arm in the air and you take ten different pictures of me waving my arm in the air, mix them all up, and give them uh, to somebody, they'll be able to put them in order and and be like here's here's the order in which this this one came after uh, after this one, after this one, after this one, but they wouldn't know they wouldn't know the direction of, they wouldn't know where the start of the picture was and where the finish right, was unless right. there was a time stamp. And so, unless you were like, this was picture one, this was picture two, or somewhere within there, two pictures had been stamped and then I was, and then I was playing around with how we observe time and how we make sense of time and how our brain puts these time stamps on our past memories. And then I kind of was picturing myself in the middle of this yin and yang. And I was like, well, if we're like looking forward and then we're looking backward, well, who's to say that that's the start or the beginning of anything? Like, why are we presuming that that is the flow of anything? And I was kind of, I started thinking about how, how this movement generates, um, much much in the way like a, a current can turn a windmill. But if you looked at it in reverse, the windmill would be generating the current. And uh, so I was just kind of playing around with looking at things from these different observer point of views. Just coming up with like fine enough interesting philosophical ideas, and you know, I was kind of excited about them and everything. Still wrapping my head around this experience and like how how these weird synchronistic things happened. And and then after like a week of this and not sleeping, I went to um, a Roger Waters concert. I had this fan that got me tickets to see Roger Waters. And I had like the best seats in the house and stuff. And that day. My girlfriend's now like really annoyed with me cuz it's I've been going on for a week about this stuff and she's bored and she uh, uh, of it and she's like a little worried about me cuz I'm not sleeping. And that day I came up with this idea that if if I were to go into this DMT extended state machine and be talking with people from the future, how would I prove that and and what if you could influence in that if you're in the future if you could then influence the past somehow like interstellar and maybe Yeah, like maybe as soon as I go in there, like when I come out, someone would have like a message for me that I had sent that I wouldn't know going into it that wouldn't make sense, but it would be like in an envelope and it would make sense once I opened it. From your future self, from me, yeah, totally. And and so I had that idea. Then I uh, ate mushrooms because I was already committed to doing mushrooms with my friends and watching Roger Waters. I really wasn't in the state to do that. (laughs) Uh, So I ate mushrooms and I went backstage and this dude that hooked me up with the tickets like looks at the tickets and he's just like hold on a second and then he comes back with an envelope and I'm like what the fuck and then I open the envelope and it's a signed picture from Roger Waters who's my favorite musician ever and I'm like wait, so did I already, like, in the future, if I'm already going to be the first person to do this, am I already sending myself messages showing me that I'm, like, heading the right direction? And then, and I had, for days, I had started looking at music, like, anyone, like, talking heads, which I'm not normally into, and um, all, the, all these kind of really uh, cerebral, like, uh, weirdo uh, artists that... Uh, I started looking at the different layers within uh, lyrics and how things can communicate. Uh, you can communicate a number of different messages. Some of them you don't even attend to sometimes. some Sometimes a listener might be perceiving something different than what you intend it to be. It happens to me all the time as a stand up. And I started thinking that there was i started like getting messages about time travel from like music in a way and i started thinking about how uh how this same idea that like this is like god learning to talk like through us it's just trying to figure out this language as we're trying to figure out how to talk to it and um and i like saw this Roger Flatter and I started that I started losing it when I got the envelope because it was just getting to be like too fucking real for me and I started getting really nervous and I was out there and I'm in like the best seats and uh on the side of the stage and then like roger comes over to this and he's like 10 or 15 feet from us i'm like thinking about how i got these tickets for free from like someone that gave me t- i'm like did i send that person back into the past to meet me like how i met someone asked me in my merch line what my favorite band was and I was like Pink Floyd, and then the next person in line was like, "Did you just say your favorite band is Pink Floyd?" Well, I fly the inflatable pig for Roger Waters. Do you want free tickets? And then I'm like, "Wait, did all of that? What the fuck is happening? Did that actually like? Uh, is, is that just coincidence, okay, or is this that- the
1: thing with synchronicity? The thing that I've noticed, and I've heard other people notice about synchronicity, is that." It, it's like self-reinforcing somehow. Yeah. And that there is this thing, like everyone believes that Burning Man is a synchronicity engine, right. right? That like somehow something about Burning Man makes it so that if you declare that you want something, you're like a hundred times more likely to get it at Burning Man than you are somewhere else. <laughs> and so like this year at Burning Man, my friend was like, man, I would just love, I would just love some olives, I just love some olives out here. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, that's just, that's just like Kalamata olives specifically." We had this whole conversation about, "Oh, I hate black olives, Kalamata olives." And then I went over to see another friend at at her camp, and they were they were having a uh, party at their camp. These two people had just gotten engaged, and they were working behind the bar. And the, at the at the bar, they were making martinis with these like Ziploc bags, like resealable store-bought bags of Kalamata olives in oil. And I was like, wow, that's strange. I was just having that conversation. And I, I, so I asked the guy behind the bar. I was like, hey, you know, my friend just made this. It's her first year at Burning Man. And I kind of want to blow her mind. You think I could take two of those olives? And he's like, here's the whole bag. Just hands me, like from below the bar, a completely, like the entire Ziploc, like desert-proof olives in oil bag. And I'm just like, see there. And that kind of thing happens all the time. Like I had a, even with like utterly weird shit. Yeah. I heard about somebody saying that they had a, um, like they wanted, it was bizarre. It was like a falafel sandwich or something. And then like the next thing that happened after that guy said that was, Oh, Hey, I've got a, I've got a a platter full of falafel (laughs) who who would like some, and you know, like, so when you get into that spot and it's like, I think, I think synchronicity might be like a collective, like an inside joke type thing where yeah. it's like, the more we all agree that it happens, the more it happens. And then yeah. we all agree that it happened, you know, and that yeah, it, it yeah. reinforces itself, which says something very unusual about the fabric of reality. And yeah. I, yeah, we, I think that that's like where you get into, I don't, I honestly don't think that you're crazy. The problem is that when it comes to like synchronicity and highly, personal, manifestations yeah you know where it's like it only means this thing to you right it's like we need to start finding ways to make synchronicity more like mundane and like consensual so that we can start you know and i I was like well because there there got to be things that are like highly unlikely that you need to
0: have it proved to yourself First. First right, and I think it like kind of went out of its way <laughs> to prove itself to me because it <laughs> knew I was going to be a oh, you fuckin- want some front front <laughs> uh, take well, here you
1: go here's some tickets. <laughs>
0: Uh, and 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 the whole concert. If you saw his last tour, is all they take a lot of their old songs and then just play them over like Donald Trump shit and like everything that's happening now. It's all about how like this music that they had written back then is layered and it and, and it's just as relevant now. And it's like the the lyrics are just as relevant today and and seemingly more so when you're it's as if they had the future in mind when they wrote it. And, yeah. And uh, and then. And and there's even animation of there's like a uh when the song time popped up there was i was already freaking out and then the song time popped up and and it showed these clocks spinning around much like the yin and the yang thing and in a fibonacci sequ- which is like the thing that i was showing my <laughs> girlfriend and i'm like what do you see? That? And then she started flipping out. And then I was like worried for her. And then thing, things eventually, at that point, like then I couldn't sleep anymore. And then like my paranoia set in. And then I'm like, mm. if I'm changing things in the future, then who knows if like other things are able to change things and like might come after me to stop me from doing this. And then I just got really paranoid. And that's when everything fell apart after mm. that. Um, but yeah. So you I. Know- when sorry no when when I saw Reggie Watts in New York a couple of years
1: ago first time I got to see Reggie Watts live mm-hmm. I was sitting there in this in the in the Mercury room in in the East Village I was sitting there being like you know if I were a time traveler like nobody would know like you wouldn't just show up in like your tinfoil spacesuit or whatever. Like you just, you'd show up in plain clothes. You'd have gotten them from the hard rock cafe or, you know, wherever you can get those, you know, three. Yeah. And, and then like, I was thinking that. And then the very next thing that Reggie Watts, who's like improvising his whole show and he's just like pulling this shit out of the ether. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, He's like, I wonder if there are any time travelers in the audience tonight. <laughs> he's like, he's like, but how would we know? How would we know? Because they would just be, you know, wearing like, and I was like, dude, get out of my head. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. And I, and, and so that's, that, you gotta just like, the stuff yeah. is, that stuff is real. Like yeah. what, what does it mean? I don't know. But right. like that, there is like, we're permeable to each other at the yeah. very least. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, so
0: I don't know, man. Yeah, no. It, well, I mean, it did go crazy after that. That's all like the same stuff that happened. That was like week one, week two, <laughs> and three. Then I started thinking that I could like. At one point, I was like, "Well, if this is all this like collective consciousness thing, then uh, uh, that that like every idea that we have is, uh, you know, the, these kind of most popular like this collective." conscious that has is like kind of like reddit where these (laughs) these ideas that we're having the most kind of become the dominant ones Uh, like there's all of the ideas that have ever existed are in this pattern but there's these dominant ones that we kind of tap into more and pay more attention to and then i was like well you could (laughs) you could uh, potentially um so I'll just give you like one of the fucking low points of crazy, just to give you an example of crazy. Yeah, yeah. So if if you could make a case to this collective consciousness, you could tap into things and tap into other people and tap into this collective consciousness and change it potentially. And so I thought, I was like, well, how, how would you um, like get into, I had this uh, message during ayahuasca that, we're just like kind of children and trying to interpret things like Donald Trump was, uh, el- elected on, you know, uh, anti-immigration, anti-terrorism and anti inner city crime or whatever. And there there's things that there's like legitimate threats within those groups. They're just so much more specific and nuanced than this blanket, uh, stare so like the cartels and Terrorists and and then gangs are a bit of a threat, um, and and this is like kind of what is creating a lot of this prejudice. So there is like a slight amount of truth in it. It's just misinterpreted. It's like it's like a child that doesn't know and uh, and is trying to I make got sense. I got bitten of the by world. a
1: dog, so all dogs uh, are right, right. Yeah,
0: and, uh, and so I was like, well, if you if you, if uh, you ended prohibition, you would be able to you'd drain all of their resources that's how they make all of their money and you'd get rid of those so that's something that would be in everyone's interest so i was like trying to make this case to and i was like and and donald trump doesn't give a fuck about anything but his own ego and so if he were to like end prohibition he would be a hero he would be like everyone would be like holy shit who knew that guy was gonna save the (laughs) fucking world who would have guessed but he did and and so i was like if if you could figure out a way to make this case and i and so i was like trying to navigate this collective conscience uh, the to get to like our government to convince them of that because there's (laughs) like these weird thought spirals and stuff these weird like fractal like tunnels i i had things that were like i had this portal that was opened up in my head and like i was able to like manipulate my environment like shit was getting really strange i was waking up in the middle of the night like after like 30 minutes of sleep that's about the most i could sleep and i was jumping out of bed and it was, like my girlfriend thought i was possessed by an alien like i swear something was trying to fucking come through my body and possess me do you think you had and the
1: crazy look in your eye that I you were did. seeing in the, yeah you know that's, that's why i it up. enthusiasm is, is the the, the spirit is the god inside of you. Yeah. Out, you know. <laughs> yeah. Olay. There's like Elizabeth Gilbert's whole TED talk about the genius and about the it being the genie is like actually comes into you. And I know right. I know we're running out of we're running close you got to get to your show and, and do the do your your stand up but I want to get get to a point where we can tie this up and you can feel good about
0: oh no i feel good about all of it um i i just like not the part when i thought that maybe i hacked into donald uh, donald (laughs) trump's mind and maybe trapped it in my mind and i thought there was like a part of him that i was like oh maybe I can hold it hostage. And then I thought like, maybe I was holding some part of Donald Trump hostage in my head. And so then I took myself to the psych ward. I took my, like, like a fucking Ghostbusters containment (laughs) thing. Like I turned myself in to be like, lock me away. I got him. (laughs) So that's when shit got real crazy. That was after not sleeping for like two or three weeks at that point. Um, And that, but yeah, it was really fucking crazy. So
1: as soon as Donald Trump was out of your head, they let you go. It actually sounded like the
0: whole thing worked. (laughs) It worked. It worked. (laughs) Still prohibition though. So. Yeah.
1: Well, you, you, we gotta, you know, you gotta give this stuff time. You you don't see the earthquake until it's. You know, like you, you, you don't feel it until it's on the surface, right? You know, maybe you planted a seed in in the karmic yeah, uh, yeah. envelope that's just super deep in there. And just, just take some time for that stuff to unfold. You know, it will take
0: time. Yeah. Anyway, I, well, you
1: know, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. I, I get more, uh, more of your adventures in in hyperspace. I yeah. Think, I think a big part of
0: you I know, wish we would have had more time to talk.
1: But. Yeah, well I think it'll I think we will because uh, you know, I think that like between this this talk and and the talk that you did with Duncan, I, I feel like it was starting to come around to this sense that there is, you know, we're we're grasping at the the very like contours of there being like a new not a science of psychedelics like, you know, yeah. maps is doing, you know, like let's give these people this and see if we can get them over their PTSD, but a a truly psychedelic science where we can enter into these non-ordinary spaces and then, you know, with other like credentialed professional investigators and yeah. like move into these spaces and, and, and make sense of them. I and, think you know, so. Keep our heads on our shoulders and still yeah. uh, you know, keep our, keep each other in check, hold each other accountable, interpret these things together in a way that makes more sense. Cause otherwise, yeah, otherwise, yeah, it's easy to think you're going crazy. And if you don't have other expert, you know, other veteran psychonauts there with you, it's a whole lot easier because it's so bizarre to other people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, I mean, I hear this stuff and I'm just like, shit like where when can we when can we run the follow-up experiment <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah like when, i know
0: me too we, we need to reproduce this data <laughs> i know i so, know i like i i even after my experience i'm like i want to i think i need to get back in there get like as crazy as that is as nervous as it makes me i don't want to like go for three weeks without sleeping again i don't think that i ever would again i would take something to well you just need it you need
1: the thing the real thing is go in there with a team yeah and and if it's like spelunking it's like you need a guy standing at the entrance to the cave right. holding the the rope right right you right. know so that y'all like you know and then they've got a radio so you got you know radio up and you know we just right. need we need the whole sequence of people to like rosetta stone this so you've got um i actually know some people that that do um some They're, they're attempting some scientific protocols with five MEO DMT. And so they'll, they'll, they'll have one person who's only in a little bit yeah, and then they'll have another person that's in all the way. Yeah. And so you have a sequence of people and there's like a translator in the middle so that you can, you know, you can kind of negotiate. You're not, you're not two totally different states of consciousness trying to have a
0: conversation right right right. and that might
1: be that might be what we need is like intermediates
0: i think it's important i think it's i think big things could come out of it so yeah who knows i don't know if i'm going to be any part of it or not but i i think that it's just as far as i know this is all that i need to do to fulfill whatever the thing was trying to tell me to do is just talk honestly about these things on podcasts and whatnot and so hopefully i've fulfilled that obligation and i don't have to Spend more time in a fucking psych ward to <laughs> fulfill whatever other fucking weird <laughs> missions the universe has <laughs> for me. Hopefully, or, I'm like fucking know. retired I, and I did my tour. I, I would yeah, miss psychology. That's how I feel about probation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I don't have to go back. Well, dude, thank you so much for being on the show. Where, you. What is, where do you want to send people? ShaneMoss,
0: M A U S S dot com, and check out the Here We Are podcast dot com website. Yeah, right on, dude. Mm, Thanks awesome. a lot. Thank you.
1: Thanks again for listening to the show Future Fossils is part of the Mind Pod Network along with Synchronicity, Third Eye Drops It's All Happening, The Astral Hustle and a number of other excellent shows Go to mindpodnetwork.com to check those out And if you'd like to support this podcast you can leave us a review on iTunes or become a supporter at patreon.com slash Garfield. No matter what you do, remember to be a good ancestor and have an excellent eon.